All right, happy Friday, if you want to say that. Not exactly an easy week for us here, but glad you're with us. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Well, uh, look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this program saying I tried to warn everybody, but it is frustrating. I tried to warn everybody with the urgency that, that all the urgency I had in me that I could muster. I literally saw what would happen coming. Which is why after 10 years, I don't like writing books. It's too much work and too hard. I'm being honest. But I felt the moment called for it because I sensed a a moment, a pivotal tipping point moment for the country because of the radical agenda that now represents this new democratic socialist left wing government. And it is unfortunately um, everything I, I suspected and more. How interesting the White House propaganda secretary, Jen Psaki, by the way, media fawning over her. The only one that has asked any tough questions is Peter Ducey. The only one. Good for him. Who she calls Steve Ducey. That would be his father. He's Peter. His name, Steve, is the guy in the morning. Shouldn't be hard to figure out unless this forgetfulness thing is all throughout the Biden administration. All these choose to be self all men and women are created equal and doubt by the thing you, you know, oh, the oh, 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 thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, the you know, the thing, the, the thing, the thing, God, the creator, everything. Anyway, announcing, confirming that Joe Biden's support for the for designating the District of Columbia, D.C., as the 51st state while refusing to offer a timeline, oh, yeah, D.C. statehood was an issue that was raised in previous press briefings. I don't know. I don't remember this being a big issue in the campaign, except for the people that the left wants to cancel and silence and shut down and put a muzzle on uh, conservative talk radio and a couple of us at Fox and uh, other people out there, you know, Dan Bongino and others. Wasn't a whole lot of us, but we told you this was coming. Now, what was that mean? And maybe Puerto Rico's next. We haven't gotten an opinion on that yet. What does that mean? Well, that would be two Democratic senators in perpetuity, pretty much considering the D.C. Considering the D.C. is the swamp and where the bureaucracy is. That's just a reality. And that's the goal. And that's the power play. And that's Schumer. Everything is on the list. And just as another side note, and I'm not going to do it, the I told you so stuff, but I tried to warn the country. I know most of you understand this, and, and, and the 75 million of us certainly understood it. Record, record-breaking numbers for the, any Republican candidate in history. But now Democrats signaling that Mitch McConnell's effort to protect the legislative filibuster, they rejected that too. Joe Manchin has said he wouldn't go along with it. But then we have people like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski and Ben Sass. He can be an ass. Anyway, he turned out to be the biggest disappointment in the world. Anyway, saying they have little interest in, in bowing to his demands hours into the new Senate majority. Wow. Here we go. The games begin. McConnell publicly, privately pressed Chucky Schumer. The guy who said, you watch out. You hear me, Kavanaugh? You hear me, Gorsuch? You'll, you'll regret it, and they'll be held to... What was the exact line? I forget. 
Many Democrats arguing that, you know, well, okay, what that means is they just need the majority. And that means their radical leftist agenda is going to now be thrown down our throat and basically take it, like it, eat your broccoli, whether, you know, we do or not. Um, Now, there is something that should outrage every American. How did this happen? Thousands of National Guard troops forced to leave Capitol grounds, and they're now sleeping in parking garages where it's freezing. Anyway, 25,000 Guard troops been deployed in and around the Capitol, which, by the way, they should have been there on the 6th, considering CNN and the Washington Post are now telling us investigators believe that this was all pre-planned and orchestrated, which contradicts the impeachment article and the narrative of their own networks and their own papers and every Democrat, which we'll get to in a second. This is sad. 25,000 troops. Now, I want to protect the Capitol, our institutions, and every elected official. I've been clear. My, I've been clear on this going back to Obama and even before that. We've got to protect it. It's not a liberal Democrat. It has nothing to do with Republican, Democrat, nothing. It has to do with, you know, this, you cannot let crazy people, you know, literally. And that's why I want a 9-11 style commission report. Get to the bottom of this. How would we ever do this? It's disgraceful to our National Guard. We should be honored that after what happened in the Capitol, that they're they're there to protect us on the front lines. And yet, you know, where's Nancy Pelosi? Well, she she's the one that worked with the sergeant at arms. And how many warnings were there that they beforehand that they needed the National Guard called up and it was rejected? We need to get to the bottom of it. I mean, this is just wrong, should be corrected immediately. And I don't even know why. And I saw Jill Biden out there today. Jill, not Joe. Uh, I don't know. Handing out. I look like Halloween candy. I'm not sure. Cookies. There were cookies. I didn't see. I couldn't see on the TV. Anyway, the parking uh, by the way, she the, gave them cookies. She gave them cookies. Oh, this Pathetic. is what Schumer said on the Supreme Court steps. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. If you you won't know what hit you, you're going to pay a price. Uh, Imagine if any Republican said that about Joe Biden. Now, interesting side note, I saw Nolte over at Breitbart wrote an article, the Geneva Conventions expressly forbid forcing prisoners of war from sleeping on concrete or in garages. Every picture I've seen is our National Guard in garages asleep on concrete floors. In other words, yes, the ever weak, frail, cognitively struggling Joe The commander-in-chief has already treated his own troops this way. (laughs) Violates the Geneva Conventions. Well, I didn't know that until I read that one. Um, Well, what are they going to do to rectify it? And when? Because I haven't heard anything that that rectified the situation. Texas uh, Governor Abbott, New Hampshire Governor Sununu, ripping all of this and, and even the vetting of the National Guard. 
And they, they, you know what they're going to do? They're going to recall their their troops back to their states, which they would, as I understand it, have the have the power to do. And I'd like to see him do it. The POTUS offered a solution because I saw multiple reports today that he said they can stay at the Trump Hotel instead of having to be in a, a, a basement on a concrete floor, sleeping on a concrete floor, freezing with no heat. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Incredible times we're living in here. And this this is going to be a rocky time. And this is why I say you've got to engage. The American people have got to got to engage and understand that you can be in touch with your elected officials. Tell them how you feel, of course, peacefully. Um, anyway, so, you know, it's really amazing. Um, the media attacking me already. Hannity said it was a horrible week for Biden. He's only been there a full day. I'm like, well, what he's what he's done in a full day uh, are th- these are dramatic. What from the Keystone XL pipeline? I know Pete Buttigieg said, well, we want them to get good union paying jobs. They they had good union paying jobs, and I don't believe their numbers either. There are estimates out there. State Department study commissioned during the Obama years. When Joe was sleeping through his VP, um, literally determined that the Keystone XL pipeline would create at least 3,200 construction jobs, 42,000 additional jobs, and generate $2 billion in wages. Well, excuse me, and easy for Buttigieg, we want you to get another job. Well, he just got a new job with his extensive background and experience as mayor of South Bend. I particularly love people I know in South Bend. Well, what about, you know, I thought liberals cared and had compassion and they were the leaders in health care. Well, what about Biden freezing, you know, the executive order of Donald Trump on insulin and epinephrine that was in place until March? Oh, well, we'll, we'll get rid of that. This mask mandate. Good question by Peter Ducey. Well, why did he go to the Lincoln Memorial and he didn't have his mask uh, on on federal property. That was his mandate. Well, you can't even say that. You know, what about the impact billions of dollars in the economy by cutting back on energy production? Now we'll be dependent on countries that hate our guts again. That's stupid. It's not good for national security. Look what look at now at a time when we need American jobs and we're going to open up the borders and we're going to offer amnesty. That that's that's competition for jobs. That'll lower wages for hardworking Americans. Unbelievable. You know, this whole thing on unity is a farce, too. That's that's just not his legislative proposals. It's all talk and BS. He wouldn't have the courage to stand up to his radical base. You know, by the way, even Rasmussen had a poll, double digit margin of people oppose Biden's decision on the Keystone XL pipeline. The American people get it. What the president did, you know, with with the Twitter handle and account of the U.S. ambassador to Israel adding West Bank and Gaza. Well, that's a message to Israel. Well, the support you got from the Trump years now officially over. We'll get to that, too. The economic impact is devastating. It is the, the single dumbest economic decision that you could ever make in this economy 
that also gives a huge geopolitical economic advantage uh, to the Chinese because as a as a matter of that accord, they're not held to the same standards as the U.S. Our carbon emissions have been going down in the Trump years. Theirs have been going through the roof. They're the number one polluter, but according to the Paris Climate Accords, they get to have the status of a developing nation. Let me translate. USA pays through the nose. They pay nothing. We're a bunch of suckers to go along with that. And by the way, Trump, well, Biden's goal of 100 million doses a day, we were hitting a million doses a day. Sorry, that's not exactly the, the, the big breakthrough that you'd been promising, Joe. That's not what you said you were going to do. Unbelievable. Now amnesty. That's going to be great on the American taxpayers, energy dependence on the American taxpayers, radical agenda, environmental agenda, American taxpayers losing our competitiveness, um, literally also becomes eventually a national security threat because we're now dependent on countries that hate us for the life blood of our economy no matter what they tell you it's still oil gas and coal because they haven't come up with the with a an alternative that works yet go find one i want to hear it but it's not windmills i like the line of senator steve danes uh, montana basically saying that killing the keystone XL, xl pipeline shows biden's putting saudi arabia first not american workers Looks like he cares more about workers in Saudi Arabia than workers in America. By the way, over in Canada, they're really ticked off. They're, I mean, they're, they're livid. They're apoplectic. They're furious. Even some suggesting that Trudeau uh, offer retaliation. Can you blame them? You know, it's incalculable between the Paris Accords and rejoining that, which that, that, that literally puts China first ahead of us gives them a geopolitical advantage and russia first how is china characterized or categorized as a as a developing nation you know then you look at well their own study in the obama administration two billion dollars in wages keystone xl pipeline alone uh then you add to that the, the direct jobs now the irony here there are over a thousand workers already on the job in spite of what some media mom people tell you. They're mostly union jobs. Then you've got all the even the 42,000 additional jobs that the o Obama administration said in their State Department Commission study about Keystone. The Association of Oil Pipelines complained. The United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipefitters complained. Uh, hey, uh, that union endorsed Joe in August after he promised to kill the pipeline in May. That was pretty dumb, guys. I don't think your rank and file should be too happy with you guys today. Now, you add the Paris Accords, you, you, you add Keystone XL pipeline, then you add, oh, stop building the border wall. Okay, projections for jobs are somewhat unclear. One analysis in 2017 said if they'd continue construction of the wall, it could impact as many as 10,500 jobs. It's incalculable. And, and now that you're offering amnesty, now displaced workers from COVID and these three policies alone, now you've got wages that are going to be driven lower and lower and lower. And that's why I said yesterday, this is a disastrous first week for Biden. He just doesn't know it yet. The mob hasn't figured it out yet. 
And they won't figure it out ever because they're just running interference for all things Democratic, radical, socialist anyway, and are basically just propaganda wings for Biden and socialists. We'll continue. All right, for a moment of humor, uh, Chucky Schumer announced that the unconstitutional post-presidency impeachment shift show is moving forward. He said it in a very unique way. Listen closely. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. Did I just hear this correctly, that Donald J. Trump incited the erection? Play it again. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh. Oh, you just can't make this. I know it's serious. These are tough times. I know, I get it. I'm, I'm paying attention. Um, let me, I, I explained yesterday, I'll, I'll give you a smaller synopsis today, not to rehash it, but we do have, you know, interesting things that are developing. So what's happening now is, I guess they're going to give, they're going to send the article over to from the House to the Senate, walk it in somberly, you know, another quickie snap impeachment that they hang on to. And then the Senate has to deal with it. And now I have my own views on it, but I, I'm just telling you what the reality is going to be and how this is all going to go down. And so they'll receive it. The president's attorneys and I think this is actually the right thing to do. They have time to build their case week or two and about February 10th ish. Uh, they'll take this up in the Senate. Now, here's what's happening behind the scenes. Democrats, they know it's a lost cause. They know they're going to come out looking petty, uh, that this is all vengeance. Their base, of course, the crazy leftist radical socialist base will love it. They they have to appease the that base that is who keeps them in power nancy pelosi is totally beholden when i say speaker and name only i'm not kidding chuck schumer even afraid of a of you know being outflanked on the left in new york for his senate seat with congresswoman ocasio cortez who's left open the possibility she would challenge schumer and remember, all these politicians, and this goes for a lot of Republicans, too. Their number one goal is to keep and maintain power, and that's it. They go there even with the best intentions, and I don't know what happens, but the swamp changes them. They enjoy being called senator, congressman, woman, governor, whatever you happen to be, whatever elected position. It's all crap. It's all pretense. It's all baloney. It's meaningless. And But they like it. They, they crave it. They want to hang on to it. And... You know, they wink and nod all these deals. Anyway, Democrats, they, they they see this as a loser now. It's pretty much within their ranks. They're like, why? And it's for a lot of reasons. You know, we now are setting a precedent here. But the Senate did not dismiss this. Democrats and Republicans just outright dismiss it. So they don't they don't put their seal of approval. They don't validate what the the crap that happened in the house by the radicals over there which is a snap impeachment no hearings nothing let's go vote on impeachment in a week okay so them taking it up they're they're lending their credibility and validating 
what will now be something, a new low standard for impeachment. And I can pretty much assure you at some point in time that the power structure in D.C., there's always the ebb and the flow. I watched it my entire career. Started out in radio. Reagan was president. I've seen the Republican, Republican, Democrat, eight years, Republican, eight years, Democrat, eight years, Republican, four years. And here we go. We have the weak, frail, cognitively struggling Joe. So that that's issue one. The number of constitutional attorneys that are a against what the House did with their snap judgment is growing and it's getting louder and it makes them look bad. The other thing is, in any trial, don't think that the Republicans are that stupid. I'll remind them, and so the, the, there won't be any excuses. They'll have the power and the ability to bring up all of the devices, and based on liberal Democrat definition, media mob dem, uh, definition, of their inciting language inciting to insurrection i won't play it all now maxine waters i'll take trump out tonight you listen up you gorsuch and and kavanaugh on this by the way on the steps of the u.s supreme court you, you know, i'm gonna tell you kavanaugh tell you gorsuch you have released a whirlwind you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful actions donald trump said Many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol to let your voices be heard. So the whole argument, again, you're now validating a snap impeachment. That lowers the bar to a standard so low, it's just going to happen again and again and again. And it's going to be never-ending. Okay, that's the way they want it. Republicans need to play by their rules as they go forward. And they're setting the precedent. But then you got the whole constitutional argument. This is an unconstitutional post-presidency impeachment. I've gone through that chapter and verse on both my programs. Now, the other big problem that is emerging is how the media is now beginning to report all of this. I have the Washington Post in front of me. Self-style militia members planned on storming the U.S. Capitol Days in advance of the January 6th attack, according to court documents, fake news, CNN investigators are pursuing signs. The U.S. Capitol riot was planned. Well, that takes the entire impeachment article that this was a spontaneous riot as a result, direct result of the words of Donald Trump at the rally on January 6th. And frankly, we can now say that. The Washington Post and fake news CNN, although they don't even listen on other parts of the day parts to their own news reporting. I mean, you can't make this up. I mean, I've got the Washington Post article right here in front of me. Self-styled militia members from Virginia and Ohio and other states made plans to storm the U.S. Capitol days in advance of the January 6th attack and then communicated in real time as they breached the building on opposite sides. Well, that sounds planned to me and talked about hunting lawmakers, according to court documents. Now, this is on top of everything we've already discovered, which is there were numerous intelligence reports that, in fact, there was planning in advance, hence the 
Capitol Police chief that since resigned, frankly, was a hero here, begging for the guard to be called up in advance of this and being denied, you know, in total at the end of the day, six separate times. Again, we need a 9-11 style commission report because this can't happen in our country. We've got to protect our institutions and our elected officials. That transcends any politics. Anyway, it goes on to say, so they they breached the building opposite sides, talked about hunting lawmakers according to the court documents filed. While authorities have charged more than 100 individuals in the riot, details in the new allegations against three U.S. military veterans offer a disturbing look at what they allegedly said to one another before and during and after the attack. Statements that indicate a degree of preparation and determination to rush deep into the halls and tunnels of Congress to make citizens arrests on elected officials. Well, Donald Trump didn't do that, had no knowledge of that. Anyway, U.S. authorities charged in an apparent an apparent leader of Oath Keepers, some extremist group I had not heard of, and they give the guy's name, in the attack, alleging that the Navy vet helped organize a ring of dozens of coordinated their movements, storm the castle to disrupt the confirmation of President-elect Joe Biden's Electoral College victory. We have about 30 or 40 of us. We're sticking together, sticking to the plan, according to one person said while the breach was underway, according to court documents. You are executing citizens' arrests. This is all in the this is all in the Washington Post. Arrest the assembly. We have probable cause for acts of treason. Election fraud. Man replied according to audio recordings and communications. We are in the main dome now. We are rocking it. They are throwing grenades. They are friggin' shooting people with paintballs, but we are in here. A woman believed, according to court documents. And the arrest of these people, you know, go forward. So literally it undermines the entire case. It contradicts their own narrative in their own newspaper and their own fake news channel. I mean, it's sad. You, you can't even make this up. I'll go to fake news CNN headline. Investigators are pursuing signs. The U.S. Capitol riot was planned. Well, that contradicts the the impeachment article that this was a spontaneous riot incited by Donald Trump, who said many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices will be heard from CNN. Fake news. Evidence uncovered so far, including weapons and tactics seen on surveillance videos, suggests a level of planning that has led investigators to believe the attack on the U.S. Capitol was not just a protest that spiraled out of control, federal law enforcement officials say. Among the evidence the FBI is examining are indicators or indications that some participants at the Trump rally um, out by the Washington Monument left the event early, perhaps to retrieve items used on the assault in the Capitol. And apparently there was intel That was completely and totally ignored. I mean, the mob and the media is is literally they're contradicting. Everything that that all of their fake news people are saying. So Republicans, they're going to reject this on constitutional grounds. They're not going to validate this ridiculous process. No due process in the House. This low bar. You know, John Thune said in an interview, concerns about constitutionality. They're going to they're going to use the constitutional 
path because that's the right path. They're also going to use the they're not going to validate a snap impeachment, especially when we haven't had an investigation of any kind into this. And if it was pre-planned, that means that Donald Trump couldn't have incited a spontaneous insurrection, as they say, their favorite new word. And if a president already left office, the Senate can't remove them under the Constitution. Removal from the office is the primary purpose of impeachment. So they can no longer exercise the power of the presidency. He doesn't have those powers. He can't exercise powers he doesn't possess. There was a great column by Greg Jarrett on this. Another great one by Alan Dershowitz on this. And, you know, Republican senators, this is not going to be hard. I don't have a worry now, but, you know, they are Republicans. Can't really put a lot of faith, hope, confidence in all of that. By the way, by the way, Maxine Waters declares, you know, she's the one that said, I'm going to go and take Trump out tonight. Was she inciting an insurrection? Anyway, she's going to do everything she can. And she intended to continue investigating Trump. We've not stopped. We'll continue. We have subpoenas we've issued recently. We'll continue our work. Here we go. Never ending. I mean, scary times we're living in. And all things that I told you were going to happen. Political pro-impeachment Republicans are already on the chopping block. Liz Cheney already has a primary challenge. I don't think that's going to work out for any Republican. The real threat of a fracture to the Republican Party. That, that, I don't think. Look, if you want. Wait a minute. Pelosi to send uh, impeachment now. There's Nadler and, and Schiff. It's going to be the Schiff show. It's, it's, I, you can't even take it seriously on one level. You have to take it seriously on another. Anyway, so they're rejected on constitutional grounds. And, you know, it, this is now going to blow up in Democrats' faces. Where's Joe Biden? Joe Biden, remember we always talked in the Clinton years, the sister soldier moment. Joe will never stand up to his radical base. Forget it. You know, they, they will drop him like a hot potato. It's unbelievable. Um, what did Schumer say again today that it's definitely going to happen, right? Let's play it. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. This is not okay. Did Donald John Trump incite the erection? Okay. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Toll free, telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, I want to, as we now head into what will be the second hypocritical uh, shift show, uh, let's see, unconstitutional post-presidency uh, impeachment trial, if you want to call it hoax, it's it's all sides now are getting very skittish. Democrats are skittish. Republicans now clearly are going to argue that it's, it's not constitutional, can't happen, shouldn't happen. And nor do they want to give validity to the process of these radical Democrats. And then on top of it, then we have other important issues here, like uh, now we're beginning to know in the Washington Post and fake news, CNN, among others, 
are reporting, oh, a lot of this was planned. And and here's the court filing, which we talked about, uh, that shows that there was uh, a plan in place, which then renders the impeachment article completely moot and, and contradicts it. That's why you don't have snap impeachments. And then just juxtapose all of this madness and these flagrant this flagrant hypocrisy and double standard to well in the final day of the administration of donald trump he declassified and released documents explain why he didn't do it earlier so we'll play the media russia mashup and then we'll play the president under explaining why and then we'll talk to uh, john solomon and greg jarrett New fallout tonight in the Russia investigation. Russia. Russia. Russian. Russians. Russians. Russian. Russian. Russia. 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 The Russian. Russia. 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 Russians. The Russian. Russia. The Russian. Russia. 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 No, but at the right time, we will be absolutely releasing it. I did the right thing by not doing it so far. But you understand, they would call it something that it wouldn't be. It's the only time you'd be transparent where they'd say bad things about transparency. And there was the president rightly saying what his lawyers were telling him, but also pointing out something that shouldn't be in America because the truth is actually a real defense. Anyway, Greg Jarrett is with us, the host of the podcast, The Brief, and also two New York Times bestseller, JustTheNews.com, editor-in-chief, author of the bestseller Fallout, John Solomon. John, let's you have more than anybody else been doing this dig, deep dig dive on the declassified information that we got, and uh, you've really gone through every single page of it now. What have you found? Listen, I'm pretty certain, Sean, that when we're done, these will be the civil liberty and judicial uh, integrity, what the Pentagon Papers were to the Vietnam War. There is extraordinary revelations that not even the members of Congress who investigated this over the last three, four years were aware of. As I start to call members who had access to this information when it's classified, some of the things in here they didn't even know about. And I think when you're done and you pull up 30,000 feet, what are the big issues that are going to make Americans upset? It is clear that from the beginning, I mean in July of 2016, the FBI and the uh, CIA were aware, and President Obama was aware, that Hillary Clinton was in the process of carrying out a dirty trick to dirty up Donald Trump falsely on Russia because she was worried her email scandal was going to bite her uh, in the fall election. So uh, that is one of the really clear things. The second thing is, it is abundantly clear the FBI knew much of the evidence they were submitting to the courts and to Congress was distorted, wrong, debunked. And the third is we're going to see a lot more people expressing political bias than we saw. We've already seen the smelly Walmart comments from Peter Strzok and, and Lisa Page's text messages. More pe- And now we've learned from the, uh, the declassification uh, that we broke last week, or this past week, of Christopher Steele, that his motive was he wanted to stop Trump from being president because it was bad for Great Britain. He wanted to help Hillary Clinton get over her email scandal, distract the country. You're going to find out other players in the process had made comments on official government documents and official text messages and official emails impugning President Trump or the possibility that Trump could be uh, president, all the way up to the top of the FBI, so much higher than Strzok and Page. These are remarkable. You have political bias, bad evidence, and a political dirty trick, and the FBI helps carry it out for three years and sustain it. It's uh, it's a really remarkable discovery uh, when all these documents are out. Unbelievable. And Greg Jarrett, obviously, you've been pouring over them as well. You had two bestsellers related to this whole thing. 
And boy, what a what a sad day when a president says we can't be transparent and show you real documents uh, that exist that are exculpatory to towards me because the witch hunters and, and remember, we had four separate investigations uh, would use it against them and claim somehow that is obstruction when the truth is supposed to be uh, a defense in America. That's true. And there's so many shocking revelations, Sean, in these long classified FBI documents. No wonder James Comey, Andrew McKay, Peter Strzok, and others uh, never wanted you to see them. And the current FBI director, Christopher Wray, fought like hell to prevent their release and cover it all up. But Trump, in the end, at the end of his administration, would have none of it. And he essentially told Wray and the FBI to stuff it. You're not going to be able to deceive Americans about how your agency, the FBI, uh, politicized law enforcement and weaponized your investigative powers to destroy a presidency. And thankfully, you know, John Durham has certainly uh, was the first to have access to these documents. And the people I just named in my judgment should be behind bars. But, uh, you know, Durham has meticulously been gathering the incriminating evidence, and I'm pretty confident that there will be indictments soon to follow. Uh, because these documents that, that John has identified, I've gone through, I, I had a podcast that came out today on this. I mean, they are such a smoking gun of criminality that I think it's inevitable that some people will be prosecuted for their abuse of power and, uh, and engaged in criminal acts. Let me, let me go to fake news CNN and the Washington Post. Now, this is why you don't have snap impeachments. All of us agree. And, and the mob is and the, and the Democrats insurrection that the president's language incited what happened at the Capitol on the 6th. The president's words uh, contradict that. Many of you will peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices may be heard. Now you have fake news, CNN, evidence uncovered so far, including weapons and tactics seen on surveillance video, suggest a level of planning that has led investigators to believe that the attack on the Capitol was not just a protest that spiraled out of control, according to federal law enforcement officials, and now, by the way, court documents. And the FBI is examining indications that some participants at the Trump rally outside the White House left the event early to retrieve items to be used on the assault on the Capitol. Now go to the Washington Post. They talk about self-styled militia members from Virginia, Ohio, and other states. They made plans to storm the Capitol days in advance of the January 6th attack and then communicated in real time as they breached the building on opposite sides and talked about hunting for lawmakers. You know, my whole point, we need a 9-11 commission. But putting that aside, authorities have charged more than 100 individuals and new allegations against three U.S. military veterans, et cetera, et cetera. And apparently there were plans made, a degree of preparation and determination uh, to rush deep into the halls and tunnels of Congress to make citizens arrest of elected officials. Now, Greg Jarrett, from a legal perspective, now that you look at the article of impeachment, um, does that not contradict? Is Can you even say that the reports on CNN and in the Washington Post basically are exculpatory to the charge that the president incited a spontaneous insurrection at the Capitol if it was all planned in advance? That's right. And 
the key word there is spontaneous and imminent. Um, that's the definition of incitement. It has to be words that are very specific, that direct uh, imminent acts of violence. Uh, and, and here, you, first of all, the president's words didn't do that, as you point out, peacefully and patriotically, make your voices heard. Not take action, but make your voices heard and do it peacefully. But second of all, uh, the president didn't incite something which was pre-planned. That, that's an impossibility. So that will simply be part of the uh, defense. And, and also the fact that, you know, a private citizen is not subject to an impeachment trial uh, because under the Constitution, removal from office is the primary purpose of impeachment. Trump is no longer in office, and, and therefore this is invalid in unconstitutional. Uh, some have said, well, we want to prevent him from uh, holding further office. That under the Constitution is a secondary purpose that can only happen after the Senate decides on removal. But if the president is no longer president, not subject to removal, that too is constitutionally invalid. John Solomon, when you look at those reports and then you compare it to the impeachment article, the snap impeachment, boy, and then the and then the commentary on these networks they like they're like ignoring their own quote news reports <laughs> well we've seen this show before right uh, one of the things we're going to see next week Sean in the documents I'm going to release is the FBI monitoring the most hysterical stories in the Washington Post the New York Times in CNN during Russia and, and in real time saying they are way off they don't know anything they're wrong about everything on this they're making a mockery of journalism that's what Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and others and Andy McCabe were talking about behind the scenes. When America gets to see how stupid the FBI thought the news media was in pushing the Russia collusion narrative, we ought to go back and say, well, they did it in Ukraine. Remember, it was a bad phone call until it wasn't a bad phone call. And they did it in the Capitol. They immediately jumped to the conclusion that Trump incited this riot. And now, as the evidence comes out, that the riot was underway before his speech ended. The, uh, the planning goes all the way back to late December, according to some of these court documents. Uh, they're going to be embarrassed again. The problem with impeachments lately, they've been relying on a bad news medium. The news media are co-conspirators in these drive-by impeachments. Uh, I mean, it's really unbelievable. If you really take the same standards applied by the Democrats, Greg Jarrett, and we apply it to the quid pro quo with zero experience. Hunter, well, that's the first impeachment. If you look at the rhetoric of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, we're coming to get you uh, and so on and so forth. And, and Joe Biden, I want to take I want to beat the hell out of him in the back of the gym. That's the president uh, or Kamala Harris, you know, two weeks after Minneapolis and the police precinct burned to the ground and rioting going on. It's not going to stop. We're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. We shouldn't stop. Um, and I can go on from there. And, and then you've got, you know, so many Maxine Waters, you know, get in their faces. I'll take I'm going to take Donald Trump out tonight. Yeah. You know, uh, Maxine Waters uh, inflammatory uh, speech to people, encouraging them to essentially attack anybody who works for Donald Trump is far closer to incitement. Uh, than, than what the president said on the nation's mall on January 6th. But there's a huge difference, Sean, between rousing passions in a speech uh, before demonstrators and, and marchers, which all politicians do at some point in time, 
and inciting specific and imminent violence or destruction of property. And so uh, John is right. This is a drive-by impeachment. I compared it to sort of instant rice. Um, you know, they, they did it without any evidence. And the most egregious part of it all is that they abandoned a fundamental right to due process, which the House of Representatives created for all impeachments, and they've simply thrown it out the window. They abandoned their own rules. They're supposed yeah, they to don't, the, But this is the new... All right, if this standard... Wait till Republicans will have their shot, too, at, at this insanity. Last yeah, question. I, John, I, I know you're following the story about... How, as the hours after Joe Biden gives his unity, unity, unity inaugural address, uh, they began a politically charged attack on who is a highly respected, newly appointed career intelligence official over fears he would be insufficiently loyal to Democratic partisans. This guy actually worked for Adam Schiff. And, you know, I, I know, you know, it's his NSA place, general counsel, Michael Ellis, on administrative yeah. leave because they don't like this guy. No specified claim of mishandling classified information seems totally manufactured from the sources I've talked to. What are you hearing? And he's a trained classification official as a military officer and civilian. Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, the tables have been turned. Remember when President Trump was trying to get rid of people, the Democrats were angry and upset and calling it, you know, a witch hunt and an enemies list. And the Democrats were, uh, and the Republicans were saying, listen, everybody serves at the pleasure of the president. The president gets to serve who he wants. Uh, the tables have been flipped, and now the Democrats are, are on. They were the victims, and, um, uh, and the president, uh, Biden, has the right to remove some. The truth of the matter is all presidents have the right to have uh, who they want to serve. The character assassination of Mike Wallace is not warranted by, if you don't want him to serve, just say, listen, I want my own guy there. But this is a career guy who had impeccable credentials. He doesn't deserve the political torture that he's being put through. What we do in Washington now is rather than just say the obvious, the president can have, we have, we have to character destroy people to justify a president's action. We ought to just go back right. and realize the president had the right to do this. Let's stop ruining good people's reputations. Well, we're going to stay on that story and get into it more deeply as time allows. Uh, John Solomon, thank you. Greg Jarrett, thank you. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Uh, you know, it's fascinating because Joe Biden's campaign was to hide in the basement with the help of the mob, big tech, no vetting, no scrutiny whatsoever, and scare the living hell out of people about COVID. Um, we're, we're giving out about a million doses a day. And uh, by the way, ongoing battle. I said, when my number comes, I would not ask to get ahead of the line. Um, so, you know, people just think the worst of people. I don't know. Anyway, I, I would take it. Half my friends think I'm nuts. The other half agree with me. Linda thinks I'm nuts. And I won't even tell you the rest of what she says. But anyway, this this was this whole thing. We're going to give away. We're going to have a million doses a day, 100 million in 100 days. Well, Trump's already been doing a million a day. Operation Warp Speed, we're even getting more uh, more vaccines online. There's different versions of the vaccine. But anyway, it's 198-page government plans spare no effort to ensure Americans can get vaccinated uh, quickly and, and, and equitably. That's when he got asked the one question yesterday about it. Give me a break. Come on, man. You a junkie? Come on, man. You a junkie? Um, anyway... 100 million vaccines, and that's what, as Betsy McCoy said, uh, 
you know, Trump's already doing. She actually thinks you need 1.8 million people vaccinated a day to have herd immunity. But that's a separate issue. But, well, it's a it's a goal. It's not a it's not etched in stone. Well, I thought that was their main promise. Now, the latest talking point from liberals and the Democrats is. Well, we're starting from scratch. Listen to this. The sun not even up on the first full day of the Biden administration, and already we have breaking news. As President Biden wakes up for the first time in the White House, we're getting word from officials about the staggering lack of a coronavirus vaccination plan left behind. This morning, we are told they have to start from scratch. One source says the Biden team are, quote, going to have to build everything from scratch. Uh, One source telling CNN, as you said, there is nothing for us to rework. We are going to have to build everything from scratch. As we hear that Biden today has to start from scratch. Biden sources tell CNN that the Trump administration essentially had no comprehensive distribution strategy at all. So the Biden team says they will have to start from square one. And quote from scratch. So much worse than we could have imagined. That is how the new White House coronavirus coordinator, Jeff Zients, as Jeremy was pointing out, is describing what his team is inheriting from the Trump administration. Sources are describing it to CNN this way, that there's not a single vaccine distribution plan to speak of from the Trump administration. One Biden official telling CNN, quote, we are going to have to build everything from scratch. So there was no plan. Striking news this morning, as sources tell CNN, that President Biden's team will begin a vaccine rollout plan from scratch. Sources say the coronavirus vaccine distribution plan that was inherited by uh, from the Trump administration to the Biden team was non-existent. They're basically starting from scratch. They're starting from scratch as it relates to vaccine distribution. This is CNN. Okay. Anyway, Fauci addressed the talking point, which is, oh, starting from scratch, even though we now know liberal Fauci said this. Another thing uh, that I don't buy uh, comes out of our reporting. I have two new pieces of reporting. The first one is uh, that people within the administration say they're starting from scratch with a vaccine. No, they're not. Uh, You have an infrastructure out there that you're well aware of. It has to be improved. Um, But. They shouldn't get any benefit of a low bar here either. You know, there's a lot going on already. Are they going to scrap it or are they going to build on it and make it better? No. No, they're not going to scrap it, Chris. They're going to, I mean, I was involved in the development of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We're not going to scrap that. There are a lot of good things that when that happened uh, with the development of the vaccine program. I mean, Operation Warp Speed had a lot of successes. There were some missteps. But a lot of successes there. No, we're going to be building on things. We're not going to be destroying it, putting aside, saying it's useless. We're going to take the good parts and amplify them, make them better. And we're going to go for the goal. And that is to get as many people vaccinated as you possibly can, as expeditiously as you can. That's the goal. We're not going to trash anything. Peter Ducey of Fox News asked, well, why didn't he follow his mask mandate when he was at the Lincoln Memorial? Uh, well, apparently, I guess he has bigger things to worry about. And remember, the fast, uh, the face mask uh, rule is on federal property. And <laughs> they ditched it when they went to the Lincoln Memorial. And when I asked the question about it, well, he was celebrating. It was a historic day in our country. All right. Joining us now to respond to this and the other issues of the day, the Reverend C.L. Bryant. He's the author of The Race for uh, Freedom and Senior Fellow of Freedom Works. 
And uh, CL Reverend, welcome back to the program. How, I hope I'm, I hope you're keeping me in your prayers. I hope you're keeping this great country in your prayers because uh, we need a little of both. Both of us need it. Absolutely, Sean, and you're certainly in my prayers, and our nation is always in our prayers, as well as uh, our president, Donald John Trump, even though he is in exile at this time. But this is, the, this is what I say about that, Sean. The lies, innuendos, and the hypocrisy that has come from Joe Biden will continue for 46 years. Most of our lifetime, Sean, do you realize Joe Biden hasn't done anything notable on his own in 46 years in Washington, D.C., except ride on the coattails of those who could use him? And he's being used as a patsy, as a pawn now. And the lies and the plagiarism and everything that he's been known for in the past should come to bear in our present here in America, now that he's been uh, actually given the oath of office to sit in the, uh, behind the desk of the president. That is one thing, Sean, that I believe that we as Americans must understand, that we are on our way back to Obamaland with Joe Biden and this crew of people that he has brought to Washington, D.C. And Americans need to understand that they need to stand up and still be heard. That's not uh, inciting riots or anything of that nature. And I'm certain to tell you that the president did not incite anything. Well, I mean, we now know the Washington Times and even fake news CNN. Oh, investigators are now looking uh, deeply at the, the the reality and the possibility that. Remember that this was the whole impeachment deal that the president's words incited this. Well, no, it's actually turning quite uh, differently, you know, and they published an article in the Washington Post on, I think it was Tuesday, the day before the inauguration, self-styled militia members planned on storming the Capitol days in advance of the January 6th attack, court documents say, and it goes on to say self-styled militia members from Virginia, Ohio, and other states made plans to storm the Capitol. Now, uh, the president said that many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices may be heard. Um, I'm not sure how that's inciting an insurrection, but does it not uh, debunk the narrative within the impeachment articles, the Democrats, the mob in the media, that in fact the words incited the insurrection if it was well planned in advance? And now even these fake news networks are reporting it themselves, although they they still go along with the impeachment madness. It absolutely debunks it, Sean. And I have to say this to all of us who consider ourselves conservatives. You and I have known each other a lot of years now, and I'm a conservative just like you are. I happen to vote Republican. But I'm saying this to the Republican Party that I've been loyal to for the last uh, 25 years. If, in fact, they do not stand with this president against this phony, fallacious impeachment charge, they are going to find themselves on a desert island by themselves. The people who put them where they have been, and they squandered it. They squandered everything that we have given to them as grassroots workers and grassroots people. And if they do not stand with this president, we're going to see something in this country we hadn't seen in a long time, and that is the rise of something else replacing those do-nothing Republicans that uh, are now in the minority. I, I, I have no doubt, you know, if given a choice, conservatives, let's see, uh, America first, uh, the Trump agenda, which, by the way, is very simple, as I've outlined all this week on this program. 
versus weak Republicanism, establishment Republicanism. They're not going to win over 80 percent of the Republican Party. And that is a risk that they're never going to take. That's why I'm, I'm not sitting here wringing my hands at all worried about this phony impeachment. The other thing is my sources are very clear, CL, is that Democrats are extremely skittish about this. They know that it defies their unity meeting. They also know that investigators uh, are are now saying they believe they found the organizers of this thing and they're getting more information every day, nor do they want to validate the process, which was no process in the House of Representatives, so they don't want any part of it, and Republicans want no part of it either. I do think there'll be an early motion to dismiss it. it, it it's got a shot, and if it doesn't pass, they'll spend two, three days, and this, this thing's over. They'll quit by the overwhelming majority of Republicans for sure. Most likely, you're absolutely right, because uh, they see the common sense. The Republicans need Donald John Trump. And the Democrats, of course, are terrified. They are absolutely terrified of Donald John Trump. Why? Because he did more legitimately for this nation in three and a half years than Joe Biden has done in your lifetime and my lifetime. Sean, I have to reiterate, in our lifetime, I was a teenager when Joe Biden went to Washington. You were probably about eight years old. But let me tell you something. In our lifetime, Sean, this man is the best example as to why we need term limits in in Washington at this point in time. Listen, I've always said it's a bad idea whose time, unfortunately, has come. I I would like. But the problem is, is all these guys, they they, all of a sudden they become enthralled with being called senator, congressman, governor, you know, and they like it. And and then all of a sudden. They might go there with the purest of intentions. And I've, I've seen well, Ben Sass, the ass, is a perfect example. I mean, we listened to this guy, Linda, right? We, we promoted him. We helped him. And, I mean, he just went off the rails. And he, I think he forgot where he came from and, um, you know, forgot who he was. And I think he, he likes, he's kind of enamored with his own power. And he's not that remarkable in my mind. Not remarkable at all, but Sean, I, I, I'd like to to, put, to vote this as well. What happens to Joe's little boy, Hunter? What happens to him? What happens to that 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 that, that collusion with with all of the the, the Chinese and all the? What happens to that? What happens to Does Joe? I don't know if you heard away. the repair shop owner on my TV show last night. We taped it just before the show. Where do you hear the stuff tonight about videos on this laptop? Nobody else has talked about it. And Sean, I saw part one. I can't wait to see part two. Telling all of America, tune in to Hannity tonight, and let's see what this is, what he's talking about here. And you have stood on the front line. You've never wavered, and I certainly do appreciate your friendship. Listen, CL, you're a special guy. You're, you love this country. Um, you, you instill good values. You remind us that, you know, the, the important things of life, our spiritual side. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been really struggling the last year, and I think— uh, guys like you that, that help people in troubled times are just a voice in the wilderness and much needed. Thank you, sir. God bless you, man. Talk to you, you soon. You too. Appreciate it. Thank you, Reverend. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. I, you know, if you missed it earlier. Now, what did I tell you before this election? Everything's on the table, Chucky Schumer said, right? What did I say? What did that mean? We're going to end the legislative filibuster. Well, Chuck Schumer wouldn't make a deal to stop that yesterday. Okay, check. 
they're going to move forward with that. What did I say? D.C., maybe Puerto Rico as well, statehood. Anyone in the mob, the media, ever ask Biden about these issues? No, because they were protecting him. He was in the media mob, uh, big tech, liberal Democrat protection program, and they all went out there. They let him hide in the basement, didn't have to answer any questions. And now we have the the Biden camp, White House press secretary Jen Psaki confirming that President Biden does support statehood for the District of Columbia as the 51st state while refusing to offer a timeline. D.C. statehood was an issue that was raised in previous press briefings. The president has supported D.C. statehood in the past. That certainly remains his position. But I have uh, don't have any information on a timeline. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you add D.C., you you got two more Democratic Senate seats. Uh, if you add Puerto Rico, they think you get two more Democratic seats in both places in perpetuity. As far as the eye can see, what would that mean? That would be a permanent majority for Democrats, at least in their minds. Um, now, these are the things we warned you about. How far does it go from here? In other words, do we get to the point where, well, maybe we'll end the Electoral College and let New York and California, New Jersey and Illinois decide every election? Is that, well, Chuck says everything's on the table. Told you, I, 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 I tried my hardest to warn everybody. Now, what, are the, or what can the Republicans do about it? I don't know at this time. We'll continue. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour. You know, I got criticized for saying yesterday it's been a disastrous week. Disastrous? Well, I guess good if you're a liberal Democrat and a radical socialist. But I've been also going, uh, looking at the impact of these insane policies and what it means for we, the American people. And that's where things... That's where things kind of go off the rails for Joe Biden, because it's not going to end well for him in the end in terms of once the American people understand the depth of this radical agenda and the impact directly on them, then I think the country is going to say, are you kidding me? By the way, there is a Rasmussen poll, double digit margin. Voters oppose Biden's decision blocking the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, voters were a little shocked to see the change of names immediately to the ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Israel, on the Twitter account. In other words, to include the West Bank and Gaza. Uh, that was a that was a message to Israel on day one. Uh, the devastating economic impact uh, and jobs impact on the country by rejoining the insane Paris Climate Accord, which, by the way. Uh, countries like China don't have to abide by. And then, of course, the disastrous rollout of what is, you know, I think a, a big deal uh, of the vaccine. And then, of course, open borders as, yes, we now have another caravan coming and the plan to stop building the wall and uh, a path towards uh, uh, legalization. They're going to legalize those illegal immigrants. Never mind the Cesar Chavez uh bus taking over for Winston Churchill's it's a side note of nothing. Um, so, you know, if you look at this and you listen to the media and the mob and what do you mean, Hannity? This has been a great week. That's because you agree with this insanity. But I'm going to tell you something. All of these moves, Paris Agreement, Keystone, Pipeline, 
open borders, uh, amnesty, all of it together, I am telling you right now, is going to end up in Americans losing jobs, lower wages, and it's it's going to be a huge financial burden in, in terms of the travel, in terms of the Paris Accords. We're talking about billions of dollars. I mean, this is a disaster. Um, and I just can't believe this is where we they're, they're taking the country. Now we have Biden and Kamala wanting to end fracking. If you look at all the jobs that ultimately will be lost, it's a massive number. I to never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. I'd gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. Oh, well, like, what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipeline infrastructure? Yeah, and, pipeline. And, and, exactly. and, they, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels, and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. All right, joining us now, Daniel Turner, founder, executive director of Power uh, the Future, outlining this big, massive mistake, uh, getting away from energy independence and the Keystone XL uh, pipeline. You know, okay, uh, these radical green groups and the Paris Accords, uh now, this article about me just takes me to task. Hannity says it's a disaster week. What is he talking about? I'm like, yeah, if I worked for the Keystone XL pipeline, I think I'd be a little ticked off. Anyway, Daniel, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me on, Sean. And also with us, Steve Moore, uh, economist, author of Trump Anonymous, Inside the America First Plan to Revive Our Economy. Daniel, you said something that really fascinated. You said what's fascinating about the Keystone is how unfascinating the project actually is. And you talked about its marvel of engineering and extraordinary accomplishment of human mechanical skill. 1,200-mile pipeline from Alberta, Canada to the Gulf Coast, carrying crude to be refined. Uh, an incredible infrastructure project that created a lot of jobs. Um, now... I know, you know, Biden's claiming, oh, there's going to be very few jobs that are lost here. And Pete Buttigieg saying, no, these jobs, you know, we, we want them replaced with good union jobs. It's easy for him to say he just got a new job. Yeah, it is remarkable to see the lack of empathy that Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg have showed for the thousands of people who have lost their jobs overnight. Right, There are married couples right now who are figuring out how to move forward because they have lost their sole source of employment. And they're in these red states, states like Nebraska and the Dakotas, states that Joe Biden, quite frankly, doesn't care about and would only visit if he needed their electoral votes. Mayor Pete said the priority is, is fulfilling the president's promise on climate change. There is a plan for the Guatemalan immigrants who were crossing the border. There is a plan for everybody, but there is no plan for these thousands of American energy workers who are losing their jobs. They are just told to go pound sand. And that is absolutely immoral that this president is doing that to these people. And by the way, the estimates are... You know, thousands of temporary jobs, additional jobs directly, in, indirect jobs associated with it. About $2 billion in wages we're talking about, Stephen Moore. Uh, I even noticed the Canadians, there was a Bloomberg piece out today, 
that the leader of Canada's oil heartland calling uh, this decision to cancel Keystone XL an insult. They're urging the prime minister, uh, Trudeau, to consider retaliation in this case. And anyway, their premier, Jason Kennedy, said in a press conference it's an insult and said Trudeau should demand the U.S. administration sit down and discuss the project in the context of environmental climate security policy. And if that fails, Canada should be willing to impose meaningful, punitive measures against its biggest trading partner. Well, we can see they're reasserting their muscle against America. Well, you know, Sean, uh, I was struck by that quote uh, from the Biden administration saying what we want is good paying union jobs. Um, that's exactly what these are. You know, I've spent a lot of time in the oil patch in the United States, in the Dakotas and in Texas and, and uh, even up in Canada. And these are not $15 an hour jobs. These aren't $15 an hour jobs. These are jobs that pay, uh, you know, for the truckers, the pipe fitters, the construction workers. They're hard uh, hat jobs that pay many times over $100,000 a year. So these are exactly the kind of, uh, you know, good paying union jobs that uh, that uh, Biden promised that he would create rather than take away. By the way, shame on the, uh, you know, some of these unions, some of these unions actually endorsed Biden. Did you know that, Sean? I mean, I how did. crazy is that? How crazy is that? I mean, I mean, the cavalier, basically it was, it was Buttigieg and Biden to, to workers on Keystone XL dropped dead. I mean, this, they just don't care. And when you think yeah. about our relationship with Canada, they pretty much told Canada to shove it. And that's going to impact their economy. And but he's giving in to the environmental extremists, as we all said he would. What is the impact of the climate accords, the Paris Climate Accord, which actually says that China is a developing nation? They don't put the same restrictions on China, the biggest polluter. Well, it is remarkable that China was exempt from this. Uh, And what the United States has done under this administration is is surpassed the goals of the climate accords without being in it under the Trump administration. So now that we are joining it for no apparent reason, we're also on the hook now for billions of dollars that will go to a U.N. climate slush fund. Who Who is spending this money? What are their projects? What oversight is there? Do I trust the U.N. with billions of taxpayer American dollars? So, again, it's this globalist cabal that punishes America, will impose false sanctions and false mandates on America when we've achieved the spirit of the accords, which is lower our emissions. We did that under President Trump, and that was never celebrated by the environmental left. You know, know, I I, I can't. Go ahead, Steve. So I was just going to make another point. You know, you talk about Canada being, uh, you know, a loser here. Clearly they are because Canada and the United States. Canada and the United States have more oil and gas and coal than just about any other, you know, region of the world. We have more than, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia. We have more of this than uh, than Russia and, and all these other countries. But the big winner here from both the United States entering the re-entering the, the worst uh, treaty in the history of the United States, the Paris Climate Accord, and, uh, and discontinuing the, these uh, infrastructure projects like the pipelines is right now, I mentioned this on your show, I think, last month. Right now, as we're sitting here, there's a $12 billion pipeline that's being built from, uh, from Siberia and, and uh, Russia to China. And so, I mean, what's wrong with this picture, Sean? So Russia and China, our two biggest enemies, are building a pipeline so they can get all of the energy that uh, that China needs at low prices. And we can't build pipelines here in the United States. Meanwhile, while they're doing pipelines, the other thing people have to realize is China right now is building, we don't know exactly, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 200 new coal plants. So every time we shut down a coal plant in the United States, China builds 10 of them. How is that reducing 
climate change. I mean, that's such a great point. And by the way, haven't our carbon emissions levels gone down in recent years? Way down, way down, way down. And we Absolutely. Don't have any of the countries that are in the, uh, that are in the uh, you know, that are in the uh, Paris climate, or none of them, by the way, of the 30 major countries that have been in that climate uh, change uh, uh, agreement, 28 of them haven't reached their targets. Yeah. And you were going to say, Daniel? Uh, the remarkable thing about what President Trump achieved and got very little credit for uh, on the global community, or especially in the environmental community, is lowering our emissions while also making America the world's largest oil and gas producer. We did not discover any new oil fields. We did not invent any new pr- any new technology. What President Trump did is he allowed the free markets to do what it does best. That means that potential was always in America for the, every single president going back in history. All that potential of America was there, and they wouldn't let it come to the market. President Trump unleashed the power of the free market, and it does what it always does, which is produce more for less while improving the, the, the status of the average person. I just I, I found the statement of Buttigieg in particular, this hearing with Ted Cruz. I, I mean, it literally, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You really don't care. I mean, he he put he put. Look, if you're working, and we know that there are how many how many millions of people that have been displaced in terms of jobs as a result of you know rigid government shutdowns, especially in places like New York and California and elsewhere uh, as a result of COVID nineteen. Okay, now we're going to have illegal immigrants coming in, and they're going to. They're going to be made legal and they'll be the, their path to legalization. No more building the border wall, uh, putting handcuffs on ice. They can't even do their job anymore and enforce the laws of the land uh, as per Biden. Uh, so we're going to have more competition for the jobs that do become available as hopefully one day we get to the point where the country opens up completely, maybe late spring and early summer. Steve Moore. Well, look, there is one constant theme of every single person who has been appointed to a high-level job in the Biden administration. You know what that is, Sean. They are climate change fanatics. They care more about climate change than the health of the American citizens and jobs and COVID. It's all climate change. So this, I I am going to predict, Sean, this is the tip of the iceberg. You're going to see multiple more kinds of regulations like this on the American economy. And it is, Dan is right, these, are, these have very negative effects on America's ability to produce energy. Uh, and the big winners are our biggest enemies. And one other thing. Russia know, and China in particular need- and, and countries that hate us yeah. in the Middle East, real quick. Yeah, look, people say, oh, we're not going to need uh, oil anymore. We're going to use electric cars. Okay, fine. Maybe, maybe 20 years from now everybody's going to have a Tesla. How are you going to charge the batteries without natural gas, without electricity, which comes from natural gas and coal? I mean, these people don't even you can't figure this stuff out. Natural gas reduces pollution. It doesn't increase pollution. That's why we need the pipelines. Well, and everybody better get ready. Your heating bills are going to soar. Your gas prices are going to soar. It's inevitable. It's a simple supply, demand, crisscross, dictating price. And we'll be artificially reducing the supply. And that means you pay more, which is exactly what they want, which is sad. All right, Steve Moore, thank you. Daniel Turner, thank you. All right, Martin in Florida. We have one minute this segment. Can you do it in a minute, Martin? Sean. So great to speak with you. You are a great American, as CL alluded to. I'll get right to the point. There are 75 million great Americans that voted for President Trump, not because they idolize a man, because they 
were voting for the American ideal that he represented. He's a great president because he not only stood up for the American way, he led the way. He got things done. And imagine what he could have gotten done with the support of those on the other side of the aisle. It's a disgrace. And my question to you is, what sort of recourse does President Trump, former President Trump at this time, have in the event that they botch this impeachment does he have legal recourse to really stick it in their faces on behalf of everybody that they're I also think there's to certainly along with him? Listen, there there are enough constitutional scholars that have been very outspoken about the unconstitutionality of it. Uh, we don't want to get there because, as we learned, I'll quote the the chief justice in Wisconsin, uh, that if you continued to be if the other four justices on this court, he was three leading the dissent. Uh, and don't deal with these issues. It's going to keep happening. It's not going to go away. And you can't have judicial activism by inaction. This is a significant, serious constitutional challenge. Republicans in the Senate, they need to do their job so we don't have to go to your plan. But you raised great points, Martin. And you did it in a minute. You're unbelievable. Quick break right back. And we'll continue on the other side. Your call's coming up. We want to make sure that all those votes are counted because at the end of the day, we know that when they're all counted, Al Gore will be president of the United States of America. Since Election Day, we have had a single fundamental goal to ensure a complete count of all of the votes cast in Florida. What is at stake is more important than who wins the presidency. What is at stake is the integrity of our democracy. All we are asking for is that the rule of law be respected and upheld and that all the votes be counted in a way that is consistent with Florida law. There is no question or very little question that Al Gore won the votes cast in the state of Florida. The question is, will he win the votes counted? Do you think Donald Trump's win was legitimate? Protect the so lives is the election of legit? The, the election is by this uh, intrusion. Uh, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president. Does he think that Democrats should put this away, this whole idea of legitimate, illegitimate? The president's not going to get in the middle of this right now. I, I, I yeah. get it, but I'll, you didn't answer the question. Yeah. Is Donald Trump legitimate? I think there's a cloud of questions around a what happened. Cloud, and there, ties there could be to clouds Russia. of questions, and we disagree on things, but, yeah. but on, honestly, I mean, yes or no, is he the legitimately elected president of the United States when he raises his hand? We're counting on our law enforcement community to get to the bottom of these questions. He also won't. Do you agree with John Lewis? Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. Do you agree with John Lewis on what yes. point? Or elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate for all the reasons. Okay. I, I believe, I think Congressman, that, uh, that Donald Trump will legitimate legitimacy question. The legitimacy questions come up. You say he will be president of the United States, but you're you're at least reluctant to say he will be the legitimate president of the United States. Is that right? He, he is going to be president. But isn't it more yeah. difficult now to work together when you've said flatly he's not even a legitimate president? Well, we I don't recognize that. his no, legitimacy. John, John Lewis said that. John Lewis said that. No, uh, you believe he's a legitimate for. president? Well, he was elected. On the fact that Donald Trump can't stand now, he's not a legitimate president. And that he won fewer votes can't, than Hillary can't Clinton. can't bear to tell him the truth. And now the delegitimization of the presidency is taking hold within the country. Do you think it was a legitimate election? 
I think that there are lots of questions about its legitimacy. The 2016 election wasn't legitimate. What does it mean to say it's not legitimate? It was not a legitimate election. Point. You think it was I, a, legi I, a legitimate I, election. I, the time here, Donna, my question to you is, was it a legitimate election? Does it count? Uh, I, uh, my personal view is that it was not a legitimate election. So it doesn't count? There you go. You hear it again and again and again, but you would think this is only the first time in the history of this country that people had a problem with election results. It's not sad. You know, we're the United States of America. Do we have the ability to have a, a free, fair election that we can have integrity and confidence in the results? And also, Yeah, of course we do. We send people to the moon and we bring them home. We do other amazing things as well. Can a system, such a system, be designed? Yeah, it can. But the hypocrisy is what this is all about. It is, it is breathtaking. And this is, you know, then you, get to the, then you get to the rhetoric of the left, the rhetoric of Maxine Waters, the rhetoric of, of Chuck Schumer and Kamala Harris. I'm going to take Trump out tonight. The, the rhetoric of so many Democrats over the years. I want to take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. What if any Republican ever said that about Joe? Um, it wouldn't work very well. Wouldn't go over. If, you know, when they're when we're going to fight, when they're down, we kick them. We kick them. But they, they go low, we kick them. Wow, pretty amazing. Got Ted Lieu. He promised and threatened widespread civil unrest if Trump fired Mueller. Look, if the president does go ahead and fire Robert Mueller, we would have people take to the streets. I believe there would be widespread civil unrest because Americans understand that the rule of law is paramount. You, and it, you think yes. there would be civil unrest? Widespread civil unrest? I do. I yeah, widespread. So I do. I do. Yeah. Cory Booker, get up in the face of of some Congress people. Maxie, what? Get in their face. They're not wanted anywhere, anytime. You create a crowd. Wow. You can't be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, Hillary Clinton. Joaquin Castro, 2019, Trump considering declaring a national emergency over the government shutdown, said Democrats would fight him in the streets. And it goes on. You know, when when you're in the arena, Nancy Pelosi said you have to be ready to take a punch and throw a punch. John Tester, in order to take on Trump, you have to punch him in the face. Squad member Presley. This is as much about public outcry, organizing, mobilizing, applying pressure, making phone calls, emails, showing up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Wow. Pretty amazing list, isn't it? I don't hear Mitch McConnell. Never heard him at the time, you know, talking about th that language provoking any things. And look at Kamala Harris's statements. You know, this is, you know, they're not going to stop. This is after what happened in Minnesota this summer. Burning a police station to the ground. The rioting that took place there. They're not going to stop after Election Day. Everyone should take note on both levels. They're not going to stop. And uh, they should not. And we should not. Is that what Mitch McConnell is saying? Does that provoke people? Did that provoke people in the summer? You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. But I like to debate this gentleman. I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. You got to be ready to take a punch. You got to be ready to throw a punch. You can keep playing them all day. We, we have them down pat. All right, let's get to some calls here. Uh, let's say hi to Rogers in Nebraska. Roger, Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hi, Sean. It's great to speak to you. Uh, my question is, will the Hunter Biden 
that top scandal in the Biden family corruption be swept under the carpet. It's only just beginning. The guy that had the laptop, uh, guess what? He has a copy of the hard drive. He knows. And he's been harassed, and he's thinking of a lot of lawsuits, and he's seen the hard drive. I've been briefed on its contents, and what is in there is only the tip of the iceberg, both about the Biden family foreign syndicate uh, corruption scandal. That's only the tip of the iceberg. The stuff about Hunter uh, is going to scare the living daylights out of people when it's ultimately revealed. Great. All right, my friend, I'm on it. We don't stop working. We don't stop. The battle for liberty and freedom, the cause of conservatism, and, and this great country never ends. Vinny is in Long Island, New York. What's up, Vinny? How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm Sean, good, sir. Why, why is it always the Republicans that come out against each other? Democrats are like the Chinese military. They march in line without beating, missing a step. Here you have Romney and Langford and Cheney. Everybody comes out. They turn their back on Trump right away. And, and, and now we'll be just, this, like you say, the weak Republicans that they've always been, always are, now that Trump is gone. And I'm, I can't imagine what's going to happen in the next two years and what, what Democrats are going to try and, and push through. Look, I think Republicans need new leadership in the Senate. And I think the Republican Party needs a gut check. What is important to them? What is their agenda going to be? And I think those people that are willing to lay down the agenda, it's very simple. This is not complicated, Vinny. Let me ask you this. If I was running for office and I said, I'm going to put America first, uh, I want to cut everybody's taxes. Uh, government is too big, too bloated, too bureaucratic and out of control. I want to end the burdensome bureaucracy on business. Uh, if I said I will secure America's borders and that we'll have merit-based immigration, if I said we are going to again be energy independent, if I said I would only put constitutionalists on the Supreme Court, not liberal judicial activists, uh, if I would expand fracking and natural gas production on top of all the energy that we would be producing elsewhere, um, and if I if I literally negotiated much better, freer, fairer trade deals, kept us out of foreign conflicts, but built up our military so that we have the biggest, meanest, toughest military on the face of the earth in case some at some point we need to defend liberty and freedom. We have the ability to do so and nobody would ever want to mess with us. Would you say that that's a pretty simple but yet profound thing and it's worth fighting for that agenda? That, absolutely. That's worth fighting for. It's worth voting for. But once well, again, that's what I mean. I, do, I want leaders that will stand up in the well of the House and Senate and and in the in the arena of ideas win. That's what I want. Look at Georgia. How, how in Georgia? Democrats would have never allowed what happened in Georgia. We lost two seats. We should have won the first seat on election night. I love Doug Collins. He's the guy I would have wanted Kemp to select to, to fill the Senate speech. Me too. He, he picked Loeffler. He picked Kelly Loeffler. Okay. She did actually a pretty good job while she was there. But Doug Collins that night takes a million votes away from Kelly Loeffler. We lose that election now on the runoff. She would have won that, that seat on election night, John. This is the things that Republicans do that Democrats do not. You would have 
The Democrats would have never allowed him to run. And, and, and take Look, I, I, I thought what Kemp did on so many different levels was was wrong for the state. Same with the the secretary of state. And I'll, I'll tell you what I would predict right now. Kemp is up for reelection in 2022, and I don't think he's going to be voted back in. Uh, although the alternative might be a Stacey Abrams as governor issue. I don't know. I think somebody will challenge Kemp and you might have the same situation unfold because of uh, the way that they they have their primary system down in Georgia with runoffs, et cetera. And you got to get 50 percent of the, the vote total. But with all of that said, I mean, I just don't want to elect Republicans that if they make promises aren't going to go on our behalf and do everything in their power to make that happen and spend less time worrying if they're going to go back the next term. And I think that's the problem. And, and that's probably the biggest argument for term limits. Oh, no doubt about that. Sean agreed with that 100 percent. All right, Vinny, you're a good man. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Deborah in Texas. Hey, Deborah. Hello. It's uh, such a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Hannity. I, I uh, have admired you for telling the truth and taking the heat. And I love your sign Thank off. You. Let not your heart be troubled. That uh, verses meant a lot to me personally over the years. So, uh, Thank you. It means a lot uh, to me, too. Amazing job. Thank you. And I actually heard that the very first time at my brother's funeral. And when I was 10 years old, he was 16. He died of a brain tumor and has been a precious verse to me my whole life. I am 68. Wow, you sound like a young 68, Deborah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I have a lot of energy. Uh, yeah. So, so what's on your mind Very today? Very energized. <laughs> well, I, I feel like there's so much fear. Um, the fear on both sides. I watch, you know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez crying on television and, and expressing the fear that she has. She needs to get a grip. Somebody needs to call her up and say, Nobody's coming to kill you. You know, it's, a, it's, you know, pull yourself together. You have a very important job. You have to think straight. When people get this fearful, they don't think well. They get sick physically. And on both sides, people, people need to calm down and get a grip and understand, you know, reorient themselves to the situation and then figure out how you're going to move forward calmly, rationally. Uh, listen, I think that's a good admonition for everybody. And thank you for the call, Deborah. And I wish you all the best. Um, and that is, yes, I'm absolutely fine with people peacefully protesting, expressing their views. Uh, we've got to protect our capital. We've got to protect our streets, our cities and our towns, too. And I I find the duplicity and the double standard in all of this. It's, as usual, breathtaking. And um when we talk about fighting, it's in the arena of ideas. It's the legislative process. It's the uh, electoral process. That's why we need a, a free, fair election system that we have confidence in with the results, integrity in the election. And that would be voter ID. You know, these are not complicated things. The very things you need to get into the Democratic National uh, Convention. Uh, you need some type of picture ID. You can't have voting for months on end. Um you know, it's all the standards and laws must be followed. It's not that complicated and we can do it if we wanted to. There are people that don't want to do it. That's why H.R. 1 by Pelosi. They want to lock in all these changes, especially on mail in voting, because they think it gives them an advantage. And that's why immigration is so important to liberal Democrats. But Republicans do need to stand on principle. And if they're elected to do a job, do your job to the best of your ability and, and don't cower in a corner either. 
right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, tonight, Hannity, 9 Eastern, set your DVR. Part two of my interview with the computer repair shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac. Uh, this time he talks about videos that he saw on Hunter's laptop. Also, how do you stop the unconstitutional post-presidential impeachment? Also, how do you stop the post-presidential unconstitutional impeachment shift show? Rand Paul, Tom Cotton, Kevin McCarthy, also Leo Terrell joins us. Greg Abbott joins us, the governor of Texas, and Representative Madison Cawthorn. All coming up, 9 Eastern. We'll see you tonight and back here on Monday. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.